1987, SDCF and the Dramatists Guild jointly held a panel discussion exploring the symbiotic and complex relationship between playwright and director. Peter Stone moderates a panel of playwrights and directors including Sam Bobrick, Elizabeth Forsyth Haley, David Henry Huang, Burnett Kelman, Tom Moore, David Rosenack, Gene Sachs, and Stephen Tobolowski. Hello, I'm director-choreographer Christopher Gatelli, and you are listening to SDCF Masters of the Stage. This program is produced by the Stage Directors and Choreographers Foundation and presented by the American Theatre Wing. The SDCF has released these archives in an effort to further education regarding the crafts of direction and choreography. Because this program was not initially recorded for the purpose of broadcast, it is not of the highest technical quality. Portions of the conversation may have been edited to improve the overall quality of the broadcast. Tonight is a subject um, that is um, very basic to the entire craft of playwriting and very basic, clearly, to the uh, craft uh, of uh, directing for the theater. Uh, the relationship is uh, a necessary one. It is uh, often a difficult one uh, due to the nature of the work, due to the nature of egos involved, due to the uh, tension and uh, anxieties brought about by an extremely agitated uh, condition, that is to say production, uh, but it is also a very um, uh, symbiotic one uh, to uh, people, uh, case of Sam, I guess sometimes three people sharing, or in the musical, 22 people sharing uh, a creative uh, uh, experience, uh, any creative experience, be it birth or, or artistic creation or any other kind, is a, a, a very emotional one, uh, a very uh, one that is very basic to uh, to life, and uh, therefore, this relationship, especially between author and director, uh, must be understood and uh, must be uh, examined uh, as thoroughly as possible. Uh, we've never done this before, and I think it's uh, it's, it's long overdue and extremely valuable. Uh, questions have been submitted, and we will uh, undoubtedly be. Um, answering a lot of them in the in the just in the give and take that happens before we get around uh, to what uh, a certain point will be direct questions from the uh, from those of you here. Uh, a lot of those questions concern a number of subjects, which I'm sure will be covered, such as uh, what do you do when the director tells you not to show up at rehearsals and at a very small. What do you do when you have basic artistic differences, how, who is responsible for the relationship, uh, for maintaining, for... Is the footing even? Are you there on even footing? Um, that is a complicated situation, especially for some of us here tonight who work in, in the, the two media. That is to say, the stage and the, and the what we call the mechanical media. Uh, where the contracts and the relationships are totally different. Uh, as you all know, uh, in uh, television film slash film, or the other way around if you prefer, uh, the, uh, the director is uh, contractually uh, uh, a boss uh, of the project, one that uh, is, uh, sits in a, in a particularly um, 
rarefied seat. Uh, he occupies, because of the expense of the project, uh, he uh, occupies a, a seat not unlike a, a heart surgeon or an airplane pilot. That is to say, someone you are uh, reluctant to bother while he's working. Um, uh, the, uh, at, and that, the author, under such a situation, is an employee. He is without approval of script in 99 cases out of 98. He is, uh, uh, may be replaced. He is usually not invited to be there. And uh, he is oftentimes uh, the uh, only member of the so-called above-the-line uh, group that does not have uh, script approval. Uh, that sounds uh, Orwellian. It is not. It is the practice. It is the common rule uh, on most uh, feature films, certainly. Again, these same directors work in the stage, work, uh, have worked uh, on the stage where the situation is different. The copyright belongs to the author. Uh, the author, uh, the, the director, in many ways, occupies the employee seat in the, in the contractual arrangement. Uh, the work, the, the author, by virtue of his copyright, Holding is the sole uh, 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 last resort of changes and, uh, and uh, uh, alterations to the material. And many of us write both film and stage, and many of us direct film and stage. Some of us act, some of us uh, produce, and so forth and so on. So that's another thing that will be discussed here tonight. That is, how do we shift those gears? How do we change hats? And how do we... How would Gene and I, who are, besides being very close personal friends, uh, who have not worked together, but if we were to do a film and then a play, how would we possibly adjust to that situation? And, uh, and how, could, how could that uh, possibly happen? Well, it does, and it happens quite uh, uh, successfully. Gene, for instance, uh, has uh, directed many plays uh, by Neil Simon, our, our guest tomorrow. He has also directed films by Neil Simon. Uh, that relationship is different under those situations, and I hope we'll talk about that. Uh, lastly, we'll talk about the author's natural diffidence. It is a craft, a director by virtue of his, of his, of his craft develops uh, a, a more forceful personality. Uh, he is a leader. He gives orders. He gives direction. Uh, and therefore has a more outgoing personality. A writer has a more of a introvert and a person who works alone, who does not work in a social, who must work uh, in, a, in an unsocial atmosphere alone at a, at, a, at a desk and then enter into a social relationship with this collaboration that opens up. Therefore, while he might have in the stage context a, um, uh, a contractual right to give orders, is very reluctant and in some cases unable to exercise that. I think some of the writers uh, will discuss that tonight. So, that being sort of more or less uh, where we're at, uh, I think what we, what we might benefit by, and not in doing it, I, I rather like the idea that we're, that we're sort of mixed up here. No, we didn't. We're not. We have all our directors in a lump, <laughs> don't we? Sort of. <laughs> uh, well, then, then let's, uh, maybe then I will not call on you in order, but, but uh, uh, skip around here so that we'll get... Uh, we'll alternate uh, a little bit. And why don't we sort of do, not an opening statement, but uh, an attitude or two about this uh, relationship and uh, how we feel about it before we, we take off the gloves and start uh, bashing each other to death. So um, just because you're sitting uh, over there, Sam, why don't you uh, start this?
Well, first of all, Peter, I wasn't depressed when I got here, but now I'm very depressed. <laughs> that, I mean, that I, wasn't depressing, yeah. was it? I, <laughs> I never realized I had it so bad. <laughs> well, what would you like me to say? Well, about what? how do you manage to work uh, with directors? What do you do when, you, when you, the day comes when you start working with the director? What is, how do you feel about it, and what do you do? Yeah, well, I think... It depends on your director. I mean, there are some directors you just love with all your heart, and then there are some directors you want to uh, have cast. Or, right. you know. as, a, as a non-director, I will give a one piece yeah. of direction. Because we're recording this, don't bang your microphone. Okay. Right. <laughs> I, think, I think the most important thing that I, I learned is that, uh, and I learned this very early, but it did no good, was that uh, to be sure that the director read the same play you wrote. That that happens. I mean, I, I we had a director. I don't want to mention his name or anything, but I mean, who loved our play. He loved our play, and we loved him. He had a terrific reputation. And then we notice about two or three weeks into the rewriting that our play was being vastly changed. And finally, I remember Ron said to him, "I mean, we were going crazy. We did, but he was a very important director. And if we didn't use this director, we'd never get the show on the uh, on the boards." And finally, he said, "What is it?" that you liked about this play we wrote. I mean, it was so changed that... Uh, and, and I guess we uh, we went along with him because he had the... Uh, this was early in our career. He had the... And it was not our first play. It was so... Our first play was directed by George Abbott, and we, that's a whole wonderful story, except for the reviews. But... Uh, <laughs> but, but we... Uh, we found ourselves in a situation that uh, we were just... Uh, we found ourselves working with someone who did not understand what we were, what we wrote. And later on, we found out we didn't understand what we were writing because it just, uh, we started to drift apart in, in the, uh, in the play. And I think it's very important that uh, the director and the writer sit down together before anything happens and find out if they're talking about the same play. And I, I think that probably happens a lot. That's why so many writers are asked to leave the set. All right. Now, starting on, on the director's side now, uh, do you approach a, a, a play with an attitude, uh, 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 I mean, toward writers in general, or are you willing to accept them on a... Uh, no, I mean, you know, I mean, I think we have attitudes about directors, and you have attitudes about writers. Do you, do you try to... Do you have them at all, uh, saying those, I've got to do this and I've got to do that because they are they? In other words, do you, do, you, do you see them as they, or do you see them as he or she individually? To start with, I see them as dates, sort of. I mean, it, you know, this. I can't imagine actually what you're talking about. First of all, I, I don't know about my colleagues, but I, I have never asked a playwright to leave the theater, and I can't imagine that situation occurring. Um, I do know that there is. A, I know. I mean, I, it's no question. In like a bad date, sometimes you get together with somebody. I've been fortunate in that. Uh, I usually don't sign on for the play. Um, unless it's pretty clear, I usually fall in love with the playwright's play. And then I make, and I fall deeply in love with the playwright's play, and I've been fortunate that no playwright's ever told me that it's not the play that he wrote. I've probably made the mistake on numerous occasions of also falling in love with the playwright in one sense or another. And the disappointment, my disappointments have usually lain there because the work, you know, the work relationship and the human relationship can't always be the same. Um, but while the play is there, while the play is like a couple raising a child, while the play is there, I find it a very, very, very fulfilling relationship. But it is. I mean, I, the longer I've been doing this, 
for better or for worse, the more I find that the analogy to marriage stands up. And it's a very uncomfortable at times, and it's a very joyous at times. I've, I've felt extremely fulfilled, more fulfilled, in the, in the, the births that I've gone through uh, with a playwright and feel closer to those people with whom I've had that experience than to anybody. And I must say honestly that in my life I also have felt probably more personally hurt by those people only because that vulnerability is there, that collaboration is there. And you've, you, you, you outlined a lot of the contractual things, although I would amend them slightly, what you said. Um, in the theater, the director is indeed an employee, and I think, I think by instinct forgets that all the time and then usually gets kind of blindsided one day when, you remind, when something reminds you that indeed you are an employee, and, it, and it's, a, it's a hurtful thing. I'm, I'm just talking for myself. I'm talking about the, the, the coming of ages that I've had to go through. Um, probably there are wiser people that, that, that haven't uh, felt the, the pains of that as much as I have, but I've felt that. In television, you sort of skipped over television when you said the mechanical. I, television, the writer, in fact, is God and is usually the producer as well. Um, in certain, certain forms of television. Certain forms Not of television. Not series television, clearly. Which uh, Series television, the writer is someone uh, usually who doesn't get near. There's a board of people. They, uh, you see them uh, on the uh, crawl at the end of the show. It says associate producer, so assistant to the associate producer, well, script editor, the, the supervisor of the script. And those are ten people who sit around the table rewriting the original author's I, I material so, so that that author doesn't get near it. But on television television... That's not the author. That's the script writer. I mean, right. they make the distinction. That's the authors are the guys at the table as that's, far as they're concerned. Yes, that, that's correct. That's, that's well put. And the director is certainly an, an employee in that situation. And then you get the reverse situation, which I've been in, been fortunate enough to be in, uh, which is insane, of directing a film in which you're absolutely right. The director is God, and the writer gets completely dumped on. And I think that, frankly, in my own... My own feeling is romantic. My own feeling is that I've always recognized the writer as... I've always wanted to be in a complete collaboration with the writer. And have romantically... You know, I came into the theater dreaming of that kind of... Those Harold Pinter, Peter Hall days, you know, and just hoped that life would be like that and people would sort of couple up and go on into the sunset together. People of like sensibilities, people who truly understood each other's work. And with a few rare exceptions, this really, really doesn't happen. And the directors sort of get even in, in film. <laughs> and I think that's stupid because I really want, when I'm doing a film, I want the writer I believe in just as much as the writer I believe in, in on stage to be there right by my side throughout the whole thing. But that doesn't happen. Um, just the way the directors somehow find themselves in an odd position after plays are successful and after the playwrights sometimes are successful. Yeah. Thank you. Elizabeth, how do you approach uh, uh, a play and the director? Uh, how do you, uh, do you make the relationship? Do you wait for the relationship to be made? Do you, uh, is it different each time? Well, my experience has been so unique and so limited, but I've also been very fortunate that I've had very good experiences, which my husband assures me is terribly unique in the theater. I'm more a playwright by marriage than by experience. My husband, Oliver Haley, has been writing for the theater for 25 years. I started five years ago when I adapted my novel, A Woman of Independent Means. The fact that I was adapting a novel for the stage, I think, right away gave me a, an advantage because I knew it was there in print, so I wasn't nearly as protective. Also, it's a one-woman show, so the actress and the director, Norman Cohen, were involved right from the start, and we really gave birth to it together, which was a joyous experience. And like Sam, except for the Broadway reviews, 
which was a, a, a brief downbeat, but the play picked itself up. It just closed in Washington at the Ford Theater and opens tonight in Dallas, Texas at the Plaza. So I, I have a five-year relationship with my one director in the theater. We've Has it been only Barbara who's done it? Only at- Barbara and only Norman so far. I think I tend to be essentially monogamous in my approach to art and life. Uh, but I also have, have just begun work on my first screenplay, a solo effort. I've worked with my husband and uh, with a director involved from the start, Daniel Mann, who's here today. But uh, uh, my husband was just reading to me a quote from Larry McMurtry's book called Film Flam, which is just out. And in it he says, when he's offered a film project, there, aside from the salary, there are certain factors that make him decide whether or not to do it. And if he, a director is involved from the start, he said the job immediately looks attractive, and he says yes, because I think too many writers have had the experience of working with the producer and then having a director come in and change everything. So I find in, in both cases, I find it a, a wonderful advantage to have the director involved in the start. Of course, as a writer, you've had that time and solitude to give birth, but but once you start collaborating, I think all the creative collaborative people should be in from the top, otherwise you're just serving two masters, and it gets... Very contradictory, and I'm, I'm going to take the liberty of, of quoting Daniel Mann as a wonderful saying that puts this whole relationship into perspective. He says, where the writer stops, the, act, the director begins. Where the director stops, the actor begins. Where the actor stops, the audience begins. Gene, uh, you have uh, directed um, um, uh, just about everything there is to direct in terms of medium. Uh, you have also uh, had a distinguished career as an actor. Uh, if you don't count those two. Things. Thank you. Uh, the, um, <clears throat> uh, I think as an actor, although Stephen is an actor too and uh, has done acting. In, at, were you an actor? Mm-hmm. Tom? No. I think uh, it, it brings a uh, probably, uh, 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 I don't know whether it's an insight or a, a difficulty. I don't know. I would imagine it could be both. But the fact is that uh, when you approach, could you unless there's something else you'd rather talk about, can you talk about the difference between approaching a film and approaching a, a play as a director? Yeah. <clears throat> well, in, you know, I never thought in terms of contractual things. I mean, I've never reached the point in films where I got the final cut. So I always felt that um, the film was up for grabs anyway. Uh, Actually, I I never saw that great difference between the, the films I did. I um, I did Cactus Flower with which Izzy Diamond adapted from. And he was regarded highly enough that he got a parking space. <laughs> and also, if I had wanted him to be there, he would have been there. But Ingrid Bergman didn't like him, and she said. I don't want him around. So uh, since I wasn't wasn't, uh, going to argue with her. Um, The relationships that I had with writers, uh, I I, I admit that in in film, you do do see very little of the writer. But... um, the films that I've done have all been adaptations of plays so that they were pretty well set and I didn't feel the need for 
we weren't doing a new play or a new screenplay. We weren't in in um, the basic totally scene. unknown unknown uh, waters. We we basic knew what we were going very much so. And um, uh, Neil, of course, would come to rehearsals of of uh, the of the films. We'd rehearse for three weeks just the way we would have played. And he would come to rehearsals and he'd get worried in the same way about the cast as he would when we did a play. I mean, he was be ready to, he was sure that so, somebody couldn't do the part and was ready to call somebody. Uh, it was very much the same relationship except that once rehearsals were over, he said goodbye. And he didn't want to be around. I, 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 I assume that he didn't want to be around. Uh, I think that the whole process of filming bored him. The setting up and waiting around and uh, uh, then shooting a scene and doing takes over and over again. And I think he trusted me with the actors and didn't feel any need <clears throat> to be there. Uh, he wasn't interested in the technical end of it, particularly. Um, so my particular experience in uh, the two forms is limited in film as you know although i've done five films six films uh there were all adaptations of plays and that's a very special kind of thing i think uh, generally i was uh it's funny when barnett said uh, his relationship with play with playwrights was like uh, a marriage it's true I think, however, that the danger that the director faces if he gets in too close a relationship with the playwright is that he could lose his objectivity as being audience and being able to be objective. And I have had that experience in a few, a few times that I... in indulged in actual writing in plays or in 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 movies or in uh, in one television special that I once did I found that my I loved so much what I had done that I uh, I wasn't I wasn't really in a position to stand back and say wait a minute I don't think this is right I think that this scene is wrong and you've got to change it. Or I feel you must change it. Because as audience, I don't understand it. I understood it since I became a, I became a writer. I became so close to the writer that I felt he and I were one. So where's the objective audience? And I think one of the things that the director must never forget, and I think that the playwright must never forget, although it's perhaps the most one of the most difficult things is that he must be aware that there, there should be an eye out there that who is objective yes friendly of course supportive yes but not one of your arms somebody else so that uh, uh, you get some objectivity because I think that's that's very important what was your other no that was uh, point. That's good. we'll get we'll get to it i mean there I we covered that. obviously when we get together and we 
a director start, decides to do a play, and the playwright decides that he wants that director, they know they're in a collaborative effort. They know that they've got to live together, and they've got to adjust. And it, I think that's what you're referring to as a marriage. You know that in order to stay married, uh, you've got to each give up a lot, of, and you've uh, got to be extremely understanding and wise. And be careful of credit cards. Now, right, right. David, you are a writer-writer. You, yeah. you don't direct? No. I have actually directed a couple of times, but um, just to sort of find out what it's like um, rather than... But it's not, a, it's not a driving, burning ambition of yours? No, it's you a lot like, of work. You're happy you write it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, your experience has been basically stayed. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, I find that the, the marriage analogy is real interesting just because you can't... Like a marriage, there's no real way to audition for this thing. Um, it's that... Um, I mean, you don't really know. It's, it's always a leap of faith with whatever creative people you bring in. And even, you know, an actor, you sort of know their work, and maybe you've even seen them read the play, but it's it's a matter of faith as to whether or not they'll be able to dig into the text, all that sort of thing. But a director, I think, is even a more difficult pairing because you don't even... I mean, you can see the director's work on display in other pieces, and you can talk about it in terms of, you know, what the vision he has for your play and everything... Uh, he or she has for your play, but it can be, but it's it's very vague. I mean, you can't really do the four or six weeks or whatever of rehearsal over a couple of you know coffee shop um, uh, dinners. So, um, so I think it is a, a real leap of faith. And the thing that's also tricky is that you don't necessarily know uh, that even if you've had a good experience once before, it's not necessarily true that you can replicate that given the same elements coming together. I think that a lot of us um, who are writers wish for a more permanent sort of marriage, I mean, like the, the Gene Sachs and Neil Simon relationship, or some, um, a director that we can just sort of um, come to every time we have a new play, uh, if only to to take away the burden of having to look for a director. Um, <laughs> and so I, I know, for instance, in my case, I, I had one relationship with the, with the director where, um, where we worked very well when we were poor, um, and we did a play, and, and it came together, and it moved, and it did all these great things. And then we tried to do it again under different circumstances. Actually, we were still poor. But um, and uh, every, somehow the chemistry had completely changed. And I don't know if that was because the previous play had done well or whatever. But we couldn't replicate those conditions, and we ended up um, not speaking to each other since, what, 1983, I think. <laughs> Um, so it's it's real tricky, and I think the, the marriage analogy well, is a I good one. I think that's one. a very good question. Let me before I get to Stephen, let me let me just ask: Have you ever had a relationship that was wonderful with a director, or conversely, a director wonderful with an author, and then do a second project that was a terrible? I, I suspect Gene has, and I because I know him well, and I mean I can think of, of, a, of an example that, but but one that that the second time out because David just described such a thing. It soured, or it was disillusioning, or it was it turned bad for whatever reason. Uh, did that ever happen in uh, in your experience? Yeah, I don't, so, sometimes, have to get into sometimes the third time. The third time, <laughs> but, oh, yeah. but no, I'm very interested in what David said because I think that I actually don't think that it's the intellectual or aesthetic part. I think it's very apt that you described it as when we were poor and when mm-hmm. we were. It, I think that there's something. See, the way they, I don't when I think of it as coming together as a marriage, I don't think of it as, as us getting involved in writing, but I do think that one thing that happens, like in a marriage, it gets really sticky in a marriage when people try to figure out 
when you try to total it up and figure out who actually did what. And, you know, could you have become a lawyer if she hadn't taken care of, you know, or that old kind of thing. It gets really, really sticky. And I'll throw it out on the table because I've always wondered. Well, yeah, well, I, I do want to get to that, yeah. and I do want some things around there, but we haven't yes, given Thomas yes. a chance. Tom, you, you had a very good relationship with Marsha Norman. You've stayed close to her, and you, you converse, and I'm sure that, uh, that neither of you would have objections to doing uh, another play together. That was a good we relationship. We did do another play together. Right. That, well, I, meant, I didn't mean uh, I meant a third or uh, a fourth or whatever. But, but I think authors' work uh, differ as much as a director's work does often. And uh, to think that you would necessarily instinctively be right for any given piece of work, yeah, I think, is a naivete that, that all of us would like but won't exist. I mean, I like to think that a director does what the work requires rather than, uh, than some agenda on their own. And I think the same thing applies in terms of the play. Um, I feel the great danger with a playwright. I mean, if, if you have those instincts, which I think picking, picking whether you can get along with a, an author is the same instinct <coughs> as, as choosing a cast or, or anything else. Uh, choosing a cast or anything else. And uh, if that works, I think the great danger for a playwright, in the theater anyway, is when the director has an agenda of his own that he imposes on the play. And those are the times I feel it becomes disastrous um, because I think the director's job in the theater, and I do think it's very different than the other medium, but the, uh, the job in the theater is to bring whatever that playwright wanted to say to the stage in as active a physical term as possible. Um, uh, one of the things that I have had to learn as a director because I'm new to the film and television medium is just how wildly different that is. I remember Marcia telling me with the movie of Night Mother, she said, you're going to find out just what it's like to be an author because you're the author of this film and it's going to feel different. Uh, and she was absolutely right. You took it, uh, I took it very personally. Um, whether people loved it or didn't love it in a way, I, in some ways I had never done as a director. Uh, but when it comes to, to film... I mean, I think there's an irony. I throw this out just because I think it's interesting. In 1986, there were like five plays, major plays, that got turned into films. The only two that were successful were the ones where the original playwright didn't do them, um, and they were rewritten. And I mean, I just think it's the a, only an plays interesting of the factor. The five plays that were turned into film, the two that were not successful were the two where the original author did the actual film. No, I mean, the, the only two that were successful. That were successful, whereas when the author... I'm talking about did, successful on commercial terms. Yeah, I'm simply throwing do, this out. Did not do uh, the, because, uh, I mean, uh, but it is interesting to see that that happened, and I just think the, the, the needs are sometimes very different, which very maybe different. all of us should address more uh, in terms of that. But uh, it, was, it was a curious thing for me to see. Stephen, you are a director and a writer. You have done both. Uh, can you stand yourself? No, uh, I fired myself on the last uh, project. I just directed something I wrote. And I, I kept saying that the writer uh, screwed us to the wall and took off to Lake Tahoe, and so now we're going to get back at him. Um, it's I've, I've, I find that a lot of times a writer, even though they, there's that old cliche that all a writer does is keep rewriting the same play over and over again. You know, I certainly don't believe that's true because all of us change and age and bring new things into our lives. But I do find it's true, I think, that different creative forces have a certain slant on the world, have a, have a certain take on the world that doesn't change a whole lot. And I think that element is really important in a writer-director relationship. I mean, what is that slant? What is it that gives that person that sense of humor? Is What is at the bottom? What is that anger or what is that pain that creates the humor that surfaces in a play that makes people laugh or cry? 
And that usually remains constant. That seems to be the touchstone that any relationship's built upon is how do we see the world? Do we see it eye to eye? I agree totally with Tom that that you can never prefigure how any project's going to turn out because people do change and they want to. People always want to be different. You know, The people who are comedians always want to do that big serious piece to show their colors. And, uh, and the same thing with, with directors and with writers. Everybody wants to do something different. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's the... Well, speaking as, as a writer who has not directed, um, I oftentimes think I haven't because then whom would I have to blame for what happened? The, 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 um, I think there are two things, just to start the uh, sort of a roundtable discussion going, I think there are two things that are, that are um, very basic to all playwrights that, that are perhaps not uh, considered fully enough by directors when they get involved in the, in the, in the situation. One is the terrible sense of loss or of giving up something that you have lived alone with, the, 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 the sensitivity, the fear, the insecurity the, of, of giving it out and giving it away. It is, it is something that all authors, it is, that, it is probably the single worst moment of, uh, of a playwright's life, the day when it goes from a private project to a public project. You actually give it up to, for adoption almost, uh, and, you, and, and it is a terrible insecurity and, 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 and you suffer a great deal at that moment because of, you know that you're, that, it, that you're going to run into all kinds of situations that were not as perfect as, it, as, it, as things were when you were alone on the project. Uh, all of that is quite exaggerated and, and so it is in the mind of the, of the author. So he is very, very vulnerable at that moment. The other thing is uh, that directors, I think, fail to understand. Writers get blamed for being stubborn about changing their work. And I think that what is called stubbornness is actually something not quite as bad as that. What has happened is that the author has made choices already when he sat down to do it. He eliminated and discarded ideas and methods and, and alternate uh, ways of doing things. He sat down and each time he made wrote something, it was the sum total of a, a number of choices that he made. So, and when the director comes along and says, why don't you do this instead of doing that, the author very often says, no, I want it this way. Now, that gesture is, 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 is mistaken or perhaps over, uh, overly seen as stubbornness when in fact it is the sum total of those choices already having been made. And I think that that, by the author, and therefore he uh, uh, has, has already gone through the process of experimentation, whereas when the director comes in, he expects a more flexible person than perhaps he's going to get. So I think those are two things that might be that directors have a difficulty in, in, in recognizing. Um, I think, and then uh, what's also difficult is, is, that, is that moment when a stage director says, go away for a while till I get it on my feet. Now, every stage director has the right to say that to a playwright. I, 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 we've had our reading, and now I want to get it on its feet. Don't be here. It's, it's not particularly helpful. We're not going to change your play while you're gone. We're not going to injure you. It's just better. And then come in when we've, because we're, we're, we're going to fool around and do some things, and you may not, it, we may not be doing it the way you want to do it, and whatever, but don't be here for a few days. Now, 
where misunderstandings happen is the guys, I want to be there every second at the beginning. I think it's something you grow, you learn not to do. The other thing is sometimes directors like it like that and will try to try to extend or prolong that period. But but I don't think any director really says, get out, I don't want you here. The times it's happened, and it has happened, have been over terrible personality clashes that have been that are something else, but it's not the rule. So I think that, so when, when they say, my director ordered me out of the room, I think many times the writers make the mistake in not understanding what the director is asking. What the director is asking is, give us a couple of, little bit of privacy for a few days to get to know each other and to get to know your play. You know it better than we do, and if you're going to be there, you're going to, you're going to want to talk and want to interfere and leave us alone for a while. So I think that's something where writers don't understand uh, uh, something the directors do. Uh, what, yes, Stephen? Um. You hit upon a couple things that I think are really important. First of all, almost all the problems that I've had in theater or film or whatever, acting, writing, and directing, they all seem to boil down into be one problem, and that is trust, T-R-U-S-T. It's, it, it manifests itself in so many different ways of, of a playwright feeling inside, they don't trust you, I want to be there all the time, is an expression of I don't trust you. Uh, a director saying go away uh, for a few weeks, a month, a year, we'll <laughs> send you the reviews, is, is a way of saying, I don't trust your presence here in the room. You make the actors nervous on film. That happens all the time. The writer, please go away. You make them, they don't trust your presence in the room. Um, and you have to get to the bottom of that. And I always think the director is responsible for taking charge of that and making it a trusting and open situation. And the one way to do this is to remember that infallibility is not part of the job description of directing, writing, or acting, that you can make mistakes. And this is where all that lack of trust comes from, I think, is because people are afraid that they're going to be skewered for making a mistake or having problems of that sort. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and b briefly touch upon another thing you had said, uh, about the writer going through so many choices. You know, I've written things, too, uh, that were made into films or, or into plays, things like that. And a lot of the problem a director has when he looks at a script is the writer going all the, through all these machinations that happen solitarily as he, hears, he or she hears the voices in their head, translates them to pay, the page. A lot of times they catch a lot of their process in there. You know, a lot of the a lot of the push-ups end up on the field, and that's what you have to remove. Uh, and a writer, and that's what a director is supposedly, if if that trust can be set up, could come in and say, "Hey, wait a minute. You know, what you're writing is very good. The point you're making is not as clear as I think you'd like it to be, because I see little bits of versions, draft one, two, three, four, and." a uh, cocktail you had over here and a bad night you had over here, if we get rid of those, then we can go right to the point. And as long as we agree that, that this is the point we want to reach, then I think it eliminates a lot of problems. I think the thing that playwrights misunderstand about directors often is that, they're, that they are three-dimensional people and writers are basically two-dimensional people. They write it on paper. And you, there's a lot of things you can't write on paper. You can't write facial expressions very well. You can't write body language very well. You can't write uh, a lot of action well on the stage. Directors see it in three dimensions, and oftentimes they say, but you don't have to say that. I can do that. I, the actor can do that. 
I don't have to say it. Uh, we can do that without saying it. You've said it already, you don't have to say it again. Or sometimes you'll say, look, you've said it now three times. I realize you want to make it clear, but you have made it clear. And a lot of times writers don't trust that ear. It's not a question of, of, of that they're fresher or more objective. That has nothing that they are, but that's not really what it is. What it is is they are, they approach your play with a dimension you did not because you are writing it linearly and, and, and you must get everything on there. I find when I write films, since directors don't read stage direction at all, they think it's an invasion of their, of their life and art, that I find I say everything many times till they, you know, so that they, then they come back and say, hey, we can do that without saying it. I say, fine, as long as you saw it. You know, now that you've seen it, do it any way you want to do it. But I just, I don't, I wouldn't have thought you'd seen it in the, in, in the stage direct. So I think writers misunderstand that, that directors are oftentimes seeing the play in, in, in that, that's what you, they're there for, to see the play in, in that dimension that you didn't write it in. David. I think it's also tough sometimes um, because, especially during the heat of rehearsal, I think we writers sometimes can underestimate the beleagueredness of the director. Um, and, and this is why I'm glad I've directed a few times, because the only time in my life, really, I've ever lost my temper is when I've directed. And then I've, like, thrown things through windows and stuff, because it seems to me that, like, I have 13 things to handle, and then this one guy can't even get this right, you know? Um, and, and that in the heat of rehearsal, when, when, when script revisions are one of the things that, that, you know, that a director has to pay attention to, but also there's obviously all these other things, lighting, um, you know, I think that uh, that that sometimes we get our relationships with our directors get strained, uh, and we like I might take it personally that this person seems brusque with me when actually it's because you know the the, the uh, lights didn't go up on cue or something, and and it's those sort of strange misunderstandings which are also marriage-like misunderstandings um, that create that then uh, snowball and then make it difficult for you to trust the director on other issues. Bonnet. Well, I think with that, that first week, you, you know, you're sort of describing go away and come back in a week kind of thing. I think that what writers may not realize sometimes is that they come into a project way ahead of the actors yeah, and the directors. And all that the actors and directors really want, the actors back. and directors actually have to recapitulate the writing process for themselves in terms of, in their own terms, in terms of the choices. I always find that at the end of that week, let's say it's a week, you're dying for the writer to come back. You've done all your work. You've hit the same, you know, Places, but you don't know what those missing pieces are, and then you've got questions. Before then, you don't have questions. You don't know enough about the material to really be able to use the playwright as a resource. But give you a little time to work it out as far as you can take it, and then you're dying to, you know, is, is that inner part that you'd like the approval. You're, you're looking, you're anxious to have the approval. Uh, approval is important to everybody, and uh, you'd like him to come in and say, "Hey, that's terrific. I'm really." happy with, with that. So you're anxious to have them. Well, when something's not working, you'd also love to hear them say, that's because you missed the point. You would love that because you hope there's an answer there. It's when there is no answer that you start getting worried. Gene, what is... Uh, no, well, I certainly think that that's... I mean, I think it's essential that the playwright and the director are talking constantly through the rehearsal. So it's exactly that thing. Uh, am I getting it? Am, am I not? No, you're missing the point. This is what I meant. Oh, I didn't understand that. Of course, I think one thing, too, that <clears throat> you talking about Peter about the the uh, the writer uh, giving up that uh, baby that he's given birth to. I think I think the uh, the uh, director and the actors are very very aware of that. 
And that's one of the reasons that they feel uncomfortable when they, when the uh, writer is there. The writer, after all, has done his work. He's, he's finished his work, more or less. Uh, they, they come in uh, way behind, as you say. Uh, they have, they have, they have told the playwright that they love his play and they want to do it. All of them, the actors, the actors have competed for the parts, and the uh, director has uh, given his. <clears throat> His love to the playwright saying, I love your play and I want to do it. And, uh, then the, then the playwright comes in with this finished piece of work and watches this painful process that the, that, uh, the actors and director go through. And the director has such a responsibility on both ends. The, the actors on one side. And he, he watches. I I know when the playwright is sitting there, and I watch the actor start to get up, and he's not prepared. He doesn't know what he's doing yet. He's got one eye on the playwright, and he's got one eye on what he's doing, maybe. And I see that he doesn't he doesn't work well. He needs uh, an incubation period. When it depends, on, I think sensitive playwrights often see this too. And shuffle well, out have, of the room, thinking I'm not going. To I think I think that's something writers don't realize right away, and that is that they don't like any of the actors right away because they're not there yet. You know, you're not doing it right yet. The actor hasn't yet become your character. It takes time. I mean, he has his period, so the, so he needs this period to to, to get to, to the character. So writers are un, are dissatisfied with actors generally in the first at the beginning. Uh, I mean, there's first there's the euphoria around the table where it sounds wonderful, and then then they you know, and then. They're not so happy with it. But the director's the only one who can tell if an actor's bad or if he's not yet good. Uh, in other words, the director can see that, and the writer doesn't see Sometimes. it. Sometimes. No, I mean, he's <laughs> good. I mean, if it's to be seen, he's going to see it. He's going to have it in the back of his mind. He's going to say, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I just something, I'm going to put a, a tab on that particular, I don't think that person's going to get there. If the writer doesn't know yet because he doesn't know who's going to get there. You know, he's, he's out on a... But the director, if I may interrupt you, the director's uh, uh, probably thinking, I know, and I'm worried enough for both of us. (laughs) So, you had a a point. Yes, you were talking about the writer being resistant to making changes and the director insisting, but I've I've heard a number of stories and know a number of examples where the writer, and I'm, I'm talking about now either after you've opened and you're in for a long subscription run or you're doing a tour from city to city and there is time, the writer sees changes that he wants to make and the director is quite happy with the status quo, mm-hmm. particularly if it's... Uh, selling out, doing well on the road. Uh, my friends Bill Link and the late Dick Levinson, who have had, had a distinguished career in television, but they started out with a play. Columbo grew out of a play that was on the road with Thomas Mitchell playing Columbo and Paul Gregory directing. And they toured for a year, selling out all over the country. But they said, it's not good enough for New York. We want to make changes. And Paul Gregory said, absolutely not. Why, like it, why fix it if it's not broken? Now, who know, they, they still don't know to this day whether they were right or not. You know, they might have had a whole different career. But I wonder from the directors what if they've had experience with playwrights or, or maybe do playwrights just get nervous? Are they bored because they've stopped writing That's and their work question. is have over? Have you ever stopped writers from <laughs> making change? In other words... Uh, in other words, a producer's right. Let's talk one, one piece of contract. A producer cannot change your play, but he can stop you from changing your play on the basis that he optioned a play. And if you, he can, st- 
stop you from changing the play you option materially. That is to say, he'll, most producers go along with your making it better. But if you say, I want to take that scene out, the producer has the right to say, no, that scene was what I bought, in a sense, and I want that scene there. So he does have contractually the right to maintain what's there. He can't make you put a scene in. He can't make you take the scene out. But he can stop you from taking the scene out on the basis that it's not the play he bought. Have you ever had the, pro the problem, any, uh, uh, the directors, where an author wanted to change it on his own, and you want, in other words, not when he got into rehearsal and saw something, he says, I don't like that scene, I want to do a new scene, and you've had to stop him. I don't know whether this is, I still to this day don't know what was right in this situation, but I did a play called Domino Courts, first at the Williamstown Theater Festival. And we, we worked on it. Bill, Bill Hoppen and I had already done Heat together at the public theater, and we were, we were in a groove. We were feeling like we knew what we were about. And um, we did pretty well at Williamstown, and we knew what we wanted to do. I, I, I use that we sometimes, but I mean, that's how I felt in the process. Bill was doing all the writing. We would talk about what was working, what wasn't working. Um, then we went and did it downstairs at the American Place Theater. And we felt like we hit one of those little New York mini home runs. I mean, there were about 65 seats, and you couldn't get them for love or money, no matter who you were, you know. And the play really was, was doing what it was a little, t little sort of gem, I thought, and was doing what it was designed to do real well. Then we got the blessing and the curse of Wynne Hanman saying, we'll do it upstairs on the big stage next year. So we sat around for a year, having done this play twice already. During that time, Bill had a large, large urge to rewrite it. And I really thought that it didn't need it. And we discussed it and we argued it and stuff like that. But I gave in to Bill rewriting it on a, on a theory, because I came up through the non-commercial theater, that it's always the playwright's laboratory. I really didn't hold the line at all. I, always, I felt that if it came down to it, it was Bill's right to explore the thing. We rehearsed various versions of it for three weeks, and in the last week, it was just a general feeling that the old play was better, and we switched gears and put in the old play and took out all the new stuff, but we didn't have rehearsals. Essentially, in other words, I, had, you, I felt at the end like I used up, I started to feel selfish. I felt like I had used up mine and the actor's rehearsal time exploring something that really was some process of restlessness. Uh, that's how I felt then. I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but it was a confused situation. But I, I, I gave the writer the time to do it. But there was a producer, and there was money behind it, and, you know, it went down. It was not as good as it was the year before. I, that may have been a reason. That may not have been a reason. There's a, uh, the last line of Night Mother, which, of course, is now in the permanent literature, uh, is the line, forgive me, I thought you were mine. And when we were out of town, so to speak, when we were first doing it in Boston, Marcia had, had begun to feel that the pain was simply too great that people the, simply too great that people went through uh, with the play, and she wrote quite a long monologue that was delivered by Mama as she went to the uh, to the stove. I felt it was wrong from the beginning because I thought the play was quite extraordinary on any level, and uh, this was a mistake. I found the only way to deal with it, however, was to try it and let her see it a number of times, and to keep whispering that I think this is a problem, that I don't think we need to explain it. But never to say, this is just terrible, you mustn't do it, because I think she would forever have, have felt something was missing. And what happened then is we ended up with one line out of seven. Another thing that I find is interesting with a playwright is that I think you 
your job as a director is to constantly point out what's wrong, not necessarily the solution. And I think that's always the way to at least start. And one of the things also that happened on Nightmother, which was interesting to me, there was one beat that I just didn't work. And I kept saying, Marsha, we have to cut this beat. I know this beat doesn't work. Well, the beat was ultimately solved by adding to it, uh, which is a direct opposite of the solution I had seen. But I, my instincts were right that something was wrong, but she solved it by lengthening it. Some psychiatrist once uh, defined a, a neurosis as the unsatisfactory solution to an unknown problem. Um, uh, I think that um, sort of that's applicable uh, here. You, uh, I remember in the film uh, Breaking the Sound Barrier, they, they until they quite illogically pushed the stick forward instead of pulling it back was the only way they could pull out of these dives because th suddenly the controls reversed themselves, which is what happened here. The solution was to the solution of yours to condense was solved by making it longer. If I could also just say, in terms of one of the things about all of us meeting together as groups, it's interesting to me, I've, I've met both of these directors for the first time, and yet our careers have been going on at the same time. We just don't seem to talk enough among each other. And I think playwrights sometimes do underestimate considerably the vulnerability of the director, uh, in that because we have to be omnipotent souls uh, controlling everything doesn't mean we aren't in great pain uh, as we're doing well. it. And, and I think that oftentimes the, the writer does not understand the process by which you have to go through. I would say that there's as much as worried about what the actors are going to do in terms of how the playwright's going to respond. I think directors are often worried how the playwright's going to respond to their work as they're working. And some of the times it's best. I've been lucky. Most of the playwrights have asked me, do you want me to be here? But it's best sometimes if they're away because I've, I've sometimes been very self-conscious about the process I needed to go through mm -hmm. to find something. Uh, in front of an author. I think if playwrights are, on a, are, are seem to be insensitive to the vulnerability of directors, I think it's because there's no room in them for more vulnerability. But the, but the, <laughs> but the, um, uh, I think, I think playwrights don't understand, for instance, that directors are the only job in the theater that you can't audition. Playwrights can present plays, setting, senior designers can do sketches, actors can come up and do scenes, but how does a director audition? Why, why don't you step up there, please, and direct for me? Direct what? You know, I mean, uh, right? But it's very. That's it. So how do you start? You know, it's it's very difficult to do. But that's correct. But actors at least can come in and 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 give you a a, uh, a performance that is in the ballpark with what you're doing in this particular occasion. Well, one hopes they can. Uh, let's talk about just the pure um, personal contact, uh, because it comes down to that a lot. For instance, you, you must be aware that a writer sitting in a rehearsal wants to speak all the time. In other words, he, he just wants to point everything out. And so he sits there trying to figure out some way of, uh, of, uh, of handling himself, really, uh, so that uh, he, he doesn't become unspeakable. Because it's, he's on the edge of it, and, and you know you want to you want to grab him and say you want to sit right over his shoulder and go ha ha oh, ha you know that's that's the that's where the writer wants to be right there saying that's wrong that's wrong that's wrong uh, you know and and sit there so a writer controls himself how does a, and then there are, then there are, there's the hand the director is uh, you know you don't want to make him angry so but, but where how do you find out my my, my own way is simply to each director is different. So you keep nudging him till he blows up at you, and you found out where it is. You know, <laughs> that's fine too. But but 
mostly, the director will say, will you stop? And you say, okay, that's that's the line. I know where it is now. You know. And so I'll, that's my judge. I, I mean, I'm quite serious about it. That's just a method of doing it. There's not doesn't seem to be uh, uh, any other method of, of doing it other than, than repressing yourself into, into catatonia, you know. So uh, what... What will you allow? In other words, you have to be firm with an author. Uh, I mean, you know the feeling. You want to, you, you know, that you just want to say, "Wait a minute, that's that's wrong. That's wrong." So you try to save it all up for for for, for ten minute coffee breaks, and it doesn't work. But you realize that 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 that, that urge is there in the in the in the author to 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 stop it. At he has no patience. He has no patience. Of course, every everybody uh, the, the the actors want to direct and write. The uh, the directors. Want to write and, and act, act, and the writers and, uh, and <clears throat> the producers want to do all three. <clears throat> Everybody wants to do every job, and I think that that's always a problem. And I also think that there's just a lot of jealousy. You know, Tom just said, "Why don't we, you know, directors? We don't talk among ourselves. This is a first: of playwrights and directors coming together and discussing our problems." <clears throat> There's a lot of jealousy but, uh, among us all. I mean, it's natural. Given that, we have to deal with it. I think a lot of problems come uh, even after a play is open. Let's say it's a success. Hopefully it's a success. Often problems start then. Uh, reviews come out and they say something favorable about the... Uh, play but not about the director or about favorable about the director not about the play or about the actors vice versa um, people whisper you know if you hadn't directed that show <laughs> and people probably say to playwrights their friends say I thought your writing was wonderful but my god guy almost destroyed it but uh, there is a lot of jealousy and a lot of feeling as to who should get the credit, really. And I think, you know, most of it is, is pure garbage. And we, uh, <clears throat> our, unfortunately, I think too many of us thrive on that kind of um, poison. And uh, we must be aware of it. We must, we have to be awfully saint-like, all of us, really. Uh, you spoke about your... I know that impatience, that it going, you know, it must be maddening. And you are a particularly impatient person. So is <laughs> And it must be just as maddening to the director to have so that tapping the, finger on the shoulder. It must be just maddening. I, 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 you know, but yet... Yeah. It, it has if the playwright could just remember that it would be the same if the director was over his shoulder while he was writing the play, going, ah, not that line, you know. Yeah, the same principles because it's the same. We all want to create. We hopefully, as you were talking about, we're hopefully creating the same thing. But if we could all simply have a healthy respect for that impulse, we'd probably all be better off. David. Yeah, I think. Oh, Uh, I think there's one other factor in this equation, which is uh, the role of the actor, um, in that a lot of us get. um, I've been in situations where where the writer's been made to be the mother to the director's father. You know especially when things aren't going well in the rehearsal process, then if the, if the actors feel dissatisfied, then they start to whisper to the writer, um, oh, I don't like the way he's making me do this, or, I, uh, um, you know, isn't, can, can you do something about this, or what do you think this character is about, because I don't get anything from him. Um, and, then, and then the author's placed in a, a very difficult position, 
all, you know all manners and etiquette dictate that you say, you know, it's not really my gig. You should talk to the guy. But, um, but then, you know, you do have, like, these things you've been trying to repress all the time anyway. <laughs> and, and, and I think actors can sense that, you know, cause they're like, and, and so they <laughs> prey on that. Um, and, <laughs> and I think that's a legitimate problem um, and something that I like to hear from directors about. But, Sam, I want to go to Ron and I, we were very fortunate. Our first play was directed by George Abbott, who I believe is the legend, really. He's what he is. I mean, he's just a wonderful man. And he said, we had, we had never, this was our first play. We were just doing, you know, half-hour shows, hour variety shows. Didn't know what to expect. And uh, when he met us, he said, uh, gentlemen. He called us gentlemen. We knew we were not writing for television. We knew we were, <laughs> we knew we were on the East Coast. And he called us gentlemen. And uh, he said, I only have one request. Don't ever talk to the actors. He said, if you want to tell the actors something, so you talk to me. You come, you have to through the rehearsal, you talk to me. And, he's, and everything is going to be fine. And it was. And that was, I think, the most important advice we got as playwrights, that you do not interfere the relationship between the actor and the director. I think, and that's, yet, I think that's very important. And, 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 and we found it, it helped us. I mean, we really had very good experience with directors. I mean, it sounded like we... Did not have. I mean, at the at the beginning, I said that we be sure the director wants to direct the play you wrote. But we had terrific uh, relationships with uh, all our directors, most, of them. and uh, it was because of that advice. I mean, we and, and also as far as not attending rehearsal, the the more plays we wrote, the, the, and the, the more comfortable we were about leaving the plays after you've written a few. It, it's always it, we, we love not being there during rehearsal. Yeah, I think I mean, that's another thing that writers don't understand, and that is the relationship between directors and actors. They 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 know what they want out of the actor, and they they know they want the director to get it, but they don't really understand that relationship very well. Uh, and not talking to the actor is really wildly important. Uh, uh, the other thing is that directors have problems with actors that are that are just totally have nothing to do with the play. It has to do with the craft of directing and acting. And so, therefore, it's none of your business. Uh, if you look at it too closely, you'll find trouble in it, but it doesn't affect you. For instance, I've had situations in a play where a director told an actor the wrong thing to get the right thing out of it. Uh, it just, he just found with that actor that he told him something that was absolutely wrong about the character, but he got the right performance out of him to tell him. He just saw something in him that did it. And if I had been there when he told him that, I'd have gone crazy. But what he got out of him was quite correct. The other thing is that uh, that actors get up on their part at, at not the same tempo. Some get there early and have to be put in a holding pattern while the others are being brought there. And it requires treatment by the director toward the, toward the cast at a time when you think that certain roles are being ignored or certain things are being ignored, not realizing that the director, if he knows his work, has gotten farther with certain people than he has with others and therefore his, his, his attention is paid differently. Those are all part of the craft that writers, or none of the writers' business, really. Since uh, he doesn't, uh, you know, it's like uh, uh, when the doctor works, you want him to successfully transplant, but you, how he does it is none of your business. So, so um, um, those are things that I think writers really misunderstand and uh, and can uh, can see. Uh, right. Let's. I just wanted to check here about some of the questions about. Um, uh, this is one that I think uh, it comes up, and it is a uh, it is a, a, a problem in, on many levels. To what degree do the directors find detailed stage directions in the script useful? You ignore them out of hand, uh, feeling that such things are the province of the director alone. Uh, 
And in other words, do you want stage directions in a play that you that you that you treat with? <laughs> yeah, if I'm, yes, I want stage. We need stage directions. We have to have them. I think where the trouble comes in is the how. If the playwright says how it should be accomplished, in other words, crosses the room, gnashing his teeth, we would like to find, you know let us find out how we want to do it. But I, I'm uh, I think it's. Absolutely imperative that uh, that the the playwright sees the play uh, as an action, as action. Uh, too many times I've had scripts that submitted to me, and I thought, well, uh, I don't know where the scene. I know the scene takes place in a re- in a living room, but what are the people doing? You know, and the playwright has not thought about what they're doing. He's only thought about <clears throat> the language. And what he wants to accomplish. Well, also, the a playwright focuses. In other words, when he has two people talking in a room where there are eight people, the playwright usually does not see what the other six people are doing uh, at that moment. Uh, usually, the playwright doesn't see it. That was, goes back again to what I said about this two-dimensional approach, where the director has the reality of all of all eight people being on the stage, and they are not sitting there like statues. They obviously so that so that that's a that's a cre- it's actually creative in that sense. It the author did not handle that uh, very well. So, so it had, but it's something that has to be handled. Yeah, but I think that I, I, this is one of the only things I just usually when I do get together with directors, I find I agree about everything. But this one, I disagree a little bit. I don't. I'm trying to think what is a stage direction I really like. I, I tend to like sort of off the wall stage directions that somehow evoke the world that the playwright's operating in. But I don't particularly want a stage direction that tells me where they're crossing. I definitely don't want one that says grimaces or, you know, gnashing her teeth, you know. Um, and um, I usually find that a lot of the writers whose work I like tremendously invest a whole world in their language, you know, create a world through their language. And I love the part of figuring out what the physicality is of the world that's implied by that language. In other words, what you're I saying... I know they're not going to tell me what their activities are, and I, I sort of think that's my job. Right. I mean, they, they, I, I know what you're saying. But the author has a frustration insofar as inflection is very difficult to put on the page. Uh, that is to say... That's where trust comes in as far as I'm right, concerned. Right. But it, in other words, what it seems to me the thing to do is to write them in. And then when you get your director, take them all out. Well, and then the director, discuss them. Or let the director ignore them. But yeah. to me, I would like to save as much time as possible. And usually a writer, through his stage directions, is allowing you to have a lot of conversations with him about what he intended. I've never done a play that ended up like the author's stage directions, but it gave me some idea of the world he was imagining. Yeah, the point I'm trying to make is that I I think the playwright's got to do his work. I think too many playwrights don't do their work. And part of their work is to know what what, what action is going on, what's going on underneath the words. I mean, that we then will find... Other things too that are going on underneath. But I think it's, uh, it, it's there in the writing. Now maybe he can do it with a language. I don't mean physically. He has to cross on that line. That's not what I'm, I'm talking about. I think, however, the playwright should really visualize the set. He should really know this room, and he should know what is is going. He should be a student of the behavior of people 
It's in the same way that the uh, director and actors are. I actually think he should know why he's in the particular room he's in. That's the problem I generally find is they sort of the assumed living room. Yes, exactly. Except that the, the one autocratic thing that happens in the stage with directors is, is with the scenic designer. Those two people get together and make a set. And they, that's the one area that is not consulted very much with the author. Usually, oh, I don't agree with but that. But I've, I've rarely been, I, it's been, it's been more or less decided by the time I got called into it, usually. Well, they took the room, they figured that I supplied them with a room in stage direction, and then they will then go take that and translate it, and then you'll see it. I think that they, that the directors tend to, to sit down with the, with the set designer and, and, and design a room together without the author. Uh, I, I found that to be a practice, uh, pretty much. Uh, no, that's the opposite of what I've found. I, that's totally. Encouraging. That's I've, encouraging. I've worked with a number of writers who have a visual sense far superior to mine, mm. and if they've got it, I don't care who. I don't care who in the room has the idea. That's my basic. You know, whoever's it is, I'll take the credit. You know, that's, but I mean, even an <laughs> people... <laughs> Seriously, though, if it comes yeah. from the writer, if the, vi- if the visual metaphor comes from the writer, I'm thrilled. But even when an author says, I have no visual sense at all. I really have no visual sense. But I know what's, I, when I see it, I'll know what's right for my play. In other words, I see that and it's, no, that's not right. I, in other words, uh, that's not what I, what I had in mind or whatever, or that is. And that, I think that's, a, that's something that, the, that look is something that I think authors uh, uh, do care about. Then, of course, the play's done, and then you want all of those stage directions memorialized, because then it's a finished play, and then suddenly... Vermeses becomes important stage direction because that's the way it was done. And the next time it's done um, by somebody else and another director, you, you'd like him to do it the same way and uh, maintain that thing because that thing worked, evidently. If anyone's going to do it again, chances are it worked the first time. So uh, you'd like that. So suddenly that, that stuff becomes suddenly very important. Yes, Elizabeth. Yes, I wanted to ask the directors that because I haven't yet had a play published. W- would you be complimented or affronted uh, to have very specific ideas incorporated into the printed text of yours, even though you wouldn't be getting royalties. On, I mean, you would be putting your direction there for other people to take. It's becoming a matter of real conflict. Yeah. Because, because yes. it has been standard practice for the producer to own the director's work, which was then put into the page and done ad infinitum without yes, subsidiary rights. exactly. But now that's starting to change. I mean, experienced directors tend to get a subsidiary right share now. I but see. it's for that very reason. Well, it seems it seems only fair to me. Yeah, seems fair to us. Too. <laughs> as long as it's from the producer. <laughs> <Yeah, right. laughs> there you go. That's where we have to quit. Well, <laughs> that's the situation because all this ten to see in terms of creativity. That is to say, they tend to see when it comes to to, to what can, what is possible to be put down on the page of the directors that it is uh, akin to, they would liken it to the job of an editor uh, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a publishing house. In other words, someone who says, who, uh, who, who takes the play and cuts this, and uh, takes the novel and cuts this page and says, you don't need this scene, and yeah, I think you should add a scene here, and so forth. And the editor does that, and he obviously has no author's rights and so forth, and he's very much, very much uh, uh, a part of the finished product. Uh, uh, the, the work is uh, very much uh, shows the hand of that experienced person. Uh, so authors are uh, uh, a little um, uh, confused by um, what belongs in the play. If a production is done of a play where nobody in that next production saw the production that existed, uh, uh, what uh, to what degree is so authors ask those questions? I understand directors. I understand the director's uh, position in it too. Uh, 
it was confused a lot by the musical stage where choreographers were allowed uh, a share of the subsidiary action because they supplied choreography which was chartable. And that chart went with the play. So they, they, had, it, they had contributed a text in, a, in effect by virtue of their charted choreography. And then that got confused because most of the directors uh, starting in the late 50s and up to uh, uh, quite recently um, uh, they became the director choreographer. So that what happened is the director was uh, asked in, uh, got got included himself in, uh, along with the part of him that was the choreographer that had the rights contractually to come in, and that screwed the directors of musicals who were not choreographers, who did not have that particular right to do it. I mean, director Gene would come in as a director, not a choreographer. Uh, Hal Prince comes in as a director, not a choreographer, whereas uh, uh, Michael Bennett or Fosse or Gower. Tommy Toon come in as both, and it tended to discriminate uh, against directors who were not choreographers, so that had to be uh, fixed. So the writers, in their new contract on plays, made a, a stipulation. They said the directors of plays, and or musicals, uh, could uh, be, um, uh, uh, were entitled to a share of, of subsidiary rights if they met one of two particular uh, uh, criteria. One, were they there at the beginning when the play was being created? Or, have they created something that the play cannot be done without in future productions that never saw the original production? Is there something of the directors in that play that would, that, that, that cannot thereafter be done without? And those criteria uh, became part of the author's contract. Very often, because the, the writer, you have to understand the writer, say, very often a director comes in, does nothing but interpret the play as it is. Not nothing, I don't mean to minimize that, but I mean does no, nothing any more uh, uh, creative to the actual text of the play than that. And uh, at the end of the time says, uh, uh, you know, I want a share of your uh, rights. Uh, I believe that there are contributions by directors, and every writer does, that are entitled, that, that they just help create the play. But I think it's tough because what happens is that a very, very successful director can come in and it's your first play and you're not as successful as the director and he says, listen, either you give me half of your, of your, of your rights or I'm, of, of your money or I'm not doing it. And uh, that's a problem. Regardless of what the, the basic contract says, that's a problem. You want that director. You want, you know, and, and you're willing to give him your first point, you know, in order to get it. So those are all problems that have to be worked out, and, and this is a this is a very contracts are a very cut and dried thing when you come to as emotional an issue as uh, as this is as who created what. It's complex an issue because yeah. it's because uh... <clears throat> it has to do with uh, with ongoing um, you know with with the life of the work and the, and the share of the work, and we're never going to completely agree about that. What we can do is be fair as fair as we can. Uh, about it, in, in spite of, uh, of the fact that we're, it's, it's a tough problem. I think you've hit on, though, one of the biggest problems for directors. I mean, I think directors both re revel in this and also hate this, which is the fact that our work's not only invisible, but it's very difficult to define. And I think we love that mystery, and yet it comes back to beat us up, because people can always say, well, he did nothing, I don't mean to make fun no, of this, no, but no. interpreted the play. And I often think about, especially about new plays, because most of my career has been involved with doing the first productions of new plays. And I see scripts beforehand, and I, I 
you know, before they've ever been done, when they are new scripts, as many of us here do. And I've seen plays go and get misdirected. Mm-hmm. I've even seen situations where I, that if this was like the medical profession, I wish there were such things as malpractice suits. Mm-hmm. And I've seen the life of plays, as far as I'm concerned, stop dead at that production because they were misdirected. I have a lot of respect for the profession of directing, for what my colleagues and what I do. So I get angry when I think something's misdirected. But by the same token, if something's a success, if I or one of my colleagues has actually managed to realize what the playwright intended on that play, it's a very ephemeral thing. I somehow think that um, in some strange way in the theater, we don't get enough recognition for that. It's assumed, if it works, that the direction is kind of inherent in it, especially the kind of directors who try to make their work seamless with the playwright. The kind of directors who put pyrotechnics on the stage and say, hey, I'm here, uh, don't have to worry about this so much. But the ones that I think truly believe in the text and really want the text to seem to stand on its own are really doing a lot of pushing up from underneath that if they weren't there, that text, I think, could look pretty flat sometimes. I think that uh, I think directors tend to underestimate the credit they get when they compare it to the wrong side of the program to act it. Uh, I dare say directors get no less recognition or credit from a play than authors do. There are very few authors whose names uh, are recognized. Uh, and, I, and I would think that uh, there are as many uh, directors who are household words, uh, if you wish, in the, in the business as there are. Uh, uh, and when a play works, the director uh, has uh, a very large share of it. So I think you're right in one sense that not as many... The audience knows the name of actors and not directors, but they don't know the name of the playwright anymore, I don't think. Then, uh, I, don't think any, I don't think the general public has any notion of Marsha's name any more than yours, really. Oh, no, I, uh, no I, I, think that's, I don't think that's true at all. I, 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 I do. Mean, I, I think he deserves it, but I don't think it's true. Well, I think so. In uh, one sense, though, she's had one big hit. You've had more than that. She won a Pulitzer Prize. Yes, but it was one hit. You've had, you've had more hits than she has. But I disagree. I, I absolutely disagree on the face of it. I think they know far, far more writers. They know far, far more writers who have done one play that have been successful than they do directors who have whole careers. And I also think, I wasn't thinking about the actors. I was also thinking about the way, unfortunately, and I thought you were referring to this with contracts, this country recognizes value for better or for worse, and that's money. On the whole equation, the directors are on the short end, including the actors, including almost everybody in the, in the equation. And that's the way we, res- that's how we prove that a thing is valuable. There are, in fact, a couple of directors who can perhaps name their price. But in general, the craft of directing is not recognized with a living wage, which suggests that we don't assume that there is, in fact, a craft there that's worth paying. Well, there's another. You see, this is also subjective, and it's interesting, and it's a good thing that these discussions are had. The writer looks at it, again, from a different standpoint. The different standpoint is that a director comes in, gets a fee, a non-returnable fee, for directing a play. No, no, it's a fee. Uh, it's, a, it's a healthy fee. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's basically a, a six-figure, uh, a five-figure fee, uh, to, a five-figure fee to direct a play. Uh, it's not returnable. He comes in prior to when the play's read when there's a production. What? It's not very respectable. No, no, well, it's respectable compared to, compared to advances. Seldom five figures also. Well, it's 10,000. I mean, it's 10,000 is five figures. Uh, it's usually not less than that, uh, uh, you know, uh, in the theater today. I'm talking about the, in the Broadway theater. In any case, which is where we're talking about. six months' work. How many right? Broadway that's plays correct. does a director director Exactly, but that's the point. How many does it, you see? 20,000 is not a big earnings in this it country at this but time. But a writer does a year and a half without a nickel's 
fee, without anything, to write a play, steps in with, gets an advance, which he must return to the, to the, to the production as soon as the first dollar comes in, basically, uh, under traditionally, and although the new contract tries to, rec- tries to correct that, and that play goes down in one night, and he has earned nothing uh, 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 for, his, uh, for his year and a half. The risk, I grant you that, that his share of the play is higher, but the risk is, 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 is much higher, too. You could have done in the, in, the, in the length of time that the writer is writing his play, the director can do three plays. Uh, uh, and uh, Gene had three plays in one season, uh, uh, I remember. Uh, you know, so that uh, so that uh, that part of it is is not commensurate. Now, I'm not I'm not complaining about it, and, and and really, I'm just saying that what I'm really talking about is not to make the point. The point I'm making is that they they come at it from different sides. These things have to be discussed amongst ourselves mm-hmm. this way, so that we understand each other. Because the one thing you don't want in this very sensitive thing is resentments of any kind, even as even as uh, as crass as financial resentments. Never mind creative resentments. You don't want anything under the sur- anything subcutaneous that is poisoning or, or, or hurting that relationship. It's too important that this marriage work. In other words, I don't want to get bills from shopping sprees that I didn't know about. And 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 uh, and that's what we're talking about. That there's something's going. You know, those things have to be discussed. I wish that directors and, and writers uh, 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 would do this. Uh, uh, you know, and and um, I wish our two guilds would spend more time. Discussing these things, I mean, both of you. And, oh, and I think it's—I think it's essential, I think it's and I think uh, <clears throat> maybe you know, bad times in the theater might have brought it about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now is there? We have in the few minutes we have to return the theater to to active working people. Is there something that we really haven't discussed uh, uh, that uh, that uh, let me let's do it? I'm sorry, we've, we've been unfair. We're doing this briefly because we have yeah, but let's yes. we've got these three or four questions. Well, I'm equally involved in screenplays and the play board. And um, there's no doubt in my mind which one I prefer, the theater. In my experience, I've never met a director who hasn't told me at one time or another to be with he or she would rather do movies. Rather do movies? Well, I think it's the same as about writing them. I think that uh, there is, first of all, the director would rather, said he would rather do movies? I haven't met anyone who hasn't Eventually, that they wouldn't rather do movies. Yes. Well, that's a subjective uh, thing. Yeah. Can I get more? Can I get some playback on Well, I, yes. I don't know the question. Is movies where it's at for directors rather than theater? Depends on the director, doesn't it? I think a director wants to do everything. I mean, I think that's part of the part of wanting to do it. I mean, I certainly want to do movies because I never got a chance to do them. So I want to do it just like I'd want to experiment in television, but I don't think I want to stay there very long. But, uh, but it's fun. It doesn't mean that I've stopped my first love. It just means that there are other things that I think are great to do. A great script is where it's at for me. I don't care whether it's... You care what doesn't matter, does it? No, no, and I didn't even know that the movies were there when I came into this. I, I was just dying to do the stage. The fact of the matter is that there are some rewards in films that are open to directors that aren't the things we're discussing. And I think after the more time you spend in theater, the more you want to look outside and see what else there is. Yeah, I'm sorry, I agree. In answer to the question that you raised, we're dealing with the human condition. And the human condition, as portrayed on the stage, 
the human condition as portrayed in the film, the human condition as portrayed in television, is still something to do with the experience. <coughs> and uh, the fact that um, there is such diversity here, and there have been so many, so many fragments of important things stated, that the whole purpose of a symposium is an exchange. And the exchanges relates now to our individual experiences is, is as varied as we all are. However, the actor is a very important element in this discussion. Because, as uh, uh, Elizabeth stated, uh, Elizabeth, excuse me, I didn't say where the writer ends, uh, rather, where the writer stops, I said where the writer ends, the director begins. And when the director ends, the actor begins. And when the actor ends, the audience begins. But let us not for a forget that we are living in a cultural climate, for Christ's sake. These things that are happening to us don't happen from there and there and there. We're living at a time in the world where our guilds and our work and the conditions and the circumstances in which we work are all been predetermined. That's where we have to begin a discussion like this. Because it seems to me that we have a problem of doing our respective work and the details here are staggering. The actor is a creative artist. And the actor is not merely some guy who, who, who reads your words and follows your direction, but because the actor is creative. And I've had the good fortune of doing Come Back to Oshiba as a play and as a film. I've had the good fortune of doing Rose Tattoo as a play on Broadway and as a film. And the actors were tremendous involved. Now, uh, just lately there was an article written in a Kansas Quarterly in which I was interviewed about Bill Inge. And this is something that 35 years ago. I was very, very busy doing a play and not being involved with Bill's problems, which were many and very. But the interesting thing is, is that I find in this discussion there hasn't been any emphasis on what's good and what's right. It's like some kind of complaint department at the department store. Yeah. Well, I think I think what you've got to do, is, and we'll talk about it later, is, is 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 have a symposium about what you want to hear. I think I think that we had a symposium about what we wanted to discuss. Yes. I think that's a, I think frankly I think we covered that uh, that uh, that discussion pretty well. Uh, I think it was I think I think we we pretty well uh, discussed that. I think if you want to discuss it individually uh, something else, but I think we without without uh, uh, tying each other to the chair and wrangling over it. I, I think we more or less uh, did our attitude on it. Yes, a question about something we have. At what point do you walk away? Do you feel that you know where the sensibilities are meshing? You know what is where is that line? That's a good question. That's a good question. Have you ever walked away from a situation in the in the middle in work saying this is not working and I and I I can't deal with it? No, I think once you're in it, you've got to. I think so too. I think uh, so. Too. You never quit, but but you walk away. You walk around the block. <laughs> Maybe I mean I've I've left rehearsal and said this is a mess. Like Thomas, you know, it's like you go like I. I know what the problems are. I don't have any solutions. Let me think of some solutions. Everybody go out to the park. It's a beautiful day. Uh, you know, let's 
let's not labor a problem that has no and and you know giving giving yourself the latitude to try to come up with something creative to make it work. I've done that. But well, let's ask the question more abstractly. Did you ever give up either as an author or as a director in the middle of a work and say, "I'll walk it out," but I I have my my soul just flew out through my eyes and I'm through with it. I was brought in by a friend once to to fix a play that was a disaster and I mean a, just a terrible disaster and a friend brought me in and said could you help this out and I went in and it was horrible just horrible and they had already even printed up the, the posters and uh, I said the, it, was a, it was billed as a musical comedy spoof or something I said the first thing we're doing is cutting all the music because it's terrible <laughs> That's the first problem, you know. Get rid of that, and, and on the poster, just cross that music. Out. I mean, <laughs> Very Tobolowsky. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think what what we've attempted to uh, to discuss tonight is how the relationship uh, uh, is to function. I think most writers want to know how do you make that relationship work, and what are the various individual individual problems. Uh, and I think out of a consensus of individual problems, maybe some sort of some sort of pattern emerges of how to make that relationship work. Because I think that's what writers are really wanting to know about more than anything else is is how to get along together. And I, I, I and so I appreciate. I, I think this has been a, an extremely articulate panel. I've been very pleased to hear what you have to say, and uh, I, I was extremely impressed as a with with the directors. Uh, sensibility. Thank you for listening to SDCF, Masters of the Stage. This program was made possible by support from Stage Directors and Choreographers Society, the National Labor Union celebrating five decades representing the needs and aspirations of its members, and generous funding from the NEA, the New York State Council on the Arts, and the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council.